Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on yet another sunny day here in this empty capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Tony Hewson, director of Key Store Express Central Stores in Middleham. Tony, hello. Good afternoon, Matthew. Good afternoon. Thank you for coming on to the program today. Now, normally we'd uh, charge headlong into the subject of leadership, but considering the ongoing COVID-19 outbreak, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you how this has affected your business. It's um, greatly affected our business. Um, We're a small rural convenience store, and we've got quite an elderly community around here, so this has had a a big impact on us. Um, We've had to change our working days quite considerably. And what sort of uh, practices have you you had to put into place under this current regime? Um, The first thing is obviously is, is safety to our staff and safety to the customers. And going beyond that is looking after, like I said, the, the elderly community. So we never used to do home deliveries. Um, we've now had to develop a business plan that would allow us to do the home deliveries. And within two or three days, we picked up nearly 100 elderly customers that we now support through our shop on the home delivery service. Now, is it a, a bit of a, a throwback to the old days when most stores uh, would offer home delivery services? Do you think that this is something that's going to continue when this crisis is finished? I believe it will. I, my view on this is I think yes, when this is all over, the, the whole world is going to be a, a different world. And the town centers won't be as, as we know them or as we did know them. And I think it, it is going to go the full circles. We're going to see a lot more small independent retail shops uh, across the board, not just on the on the convenience and the grocery side, but I think right across the whole the whole market will be changed and there'll be a lot of growth for small independent retailers to, to come back into the market. Now, of course, uh, it is a difficult time for most businesses, but have you found a, an uptake in, uh, in business because of that, that uh, demographic change? We have, yes. Uh, a lot more people are, are, are shopping local. Um, again, the, the, the big stores, your, your Tesco's, your Asda's, yeah, they all did home deliveries. But I did read an article where they could only supply 1% or 2% of the, the whole population of the country. So that has caused um, a lot of people to, to, to look at how, how they shop and where they shop. So, yes, that, it's had a, a positive effect on our business. Now, uh, of course, uh, leadership is what we're here to discuss, so we might as well move on to that subject. Um, I always like to start this part of the conversation off uh, by asking the same simple question. What does the word leader mean to you? Leader to me is somebody who is honest, not only honest with other people, but they've got to be honest with themselves because they have to look, look at themselves as they would look at other people. And um, got to have the ability to, to work under pressure and um, also not to be afraid to make tough decisions. Obviously, we're, we're talking about COVID-19 at the moment and a, a lot of business leaders are going to have to make tough decisions. So that, that leads on to be mentally strong as well. Um, and again, a, a leader not afraid to stand out and also the ability to change direction, not, not frightened to, to move away from a model. 
Well, let's go back to the beginning of the career of your career. I understand uh, that you served in the Royal Navy. How has that impacted uh, your leadership characteristics? And um, it, was, it was a great leaving school straight into the armed forces and know the terrain and like it in the world. You, you're taught from day one respect for other people, respect for you for yourself, um, and it's it, it's a good place. To to, to start off and find your, your footing in life. Now, do you believe uh, that that aspect of training that you received whilst in service would be uh, something beneficial to introduce in a school uh, sort of setting uh, for young people entering the workforce? I do. I strongly believe that. Um, I didn't stay in the forces very long. I, I basically did, did my training. I got my catering training and, and left the forces. And I went to work in a in a hotel, a 38-bedroom hotel, and within 18 months, the owners obviously saw something in me, and at the age of 19, I was promoted to head chef, which uh, the qualities that, that I must have learned um, certainly did help me in my career, certainly at the start. Mm. What's the most important thing a young person should know when entering their first job today? Um, I think they, they need to be punctual, and... Um, need to have have respect um, and the attitude to willing to learn even in later life not just the early life you should always want to learn you should always be asking questions and wanting to learn more now of course uh, leadership comes in many different forms and many different guises but the most uh, difficult for most leaders is dealing with people when relationships break down, when there is conflict with one another. What is your method for this? Luckily, we haven't had to deal with that on on many occasions, but um, the the key thing is not to rush in, not to make hot-headed decisions. I think the the key thing is to to calm both parties down, to step back, get both parties to, to look at themselves, and then try and go forward with a with a with a calm a calm view from both both parties and try and find that common ground. There's, there's always common ground to be found. It's just a case of letting the dust settle, everybody being calm and, and, and not rushing straight in at the heat of the moment. Now of course uh when it comes to uh, leadership development, there are many different techniques. So if we were to talk about, uh, say you had an apprentice join your firm, uh, what would be the training regimen that you'd like to see instilled in them? Uh, very good question, because with us being a, a convenience store, quite a lot of our employees are, are young people. It's, it's, it's the first jobs. We're, we're taking people on at the age of maybe 13, 14, 15. It's it's the first step into the in, into the real world, and um, we have had one young lady who who came on, and we went through the full apprenticeship w- with them. We did that through a, an external partner that, that came into the business, and they worked alongside us to help this girl all the way through. And as, as sad as it was at the end, she she stayed with us for for two or three years, but she then moved on to to something better, um, which was it was a good thing to do, and it, it's something we will look at doing doing again. Now, unfortunately, Tony, our time together is drawing to its close. But uh, just quickly before you go, what does the next 12 months have in store for Key Store Express Central Stores? It's certainly going to be um, very, very challenging. Um, as I say, we're, we're lucky on the side that we're, 
we're on the busy side. We're, we're doing quite well out of this. Um, and I just hope that um, the local customers continue to use us and support us. Well, Tony, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the program today. And I'd love to have you back on when things get back to normal to see how things have uh, progressed. Tony, thank you. Thank you. That was Tony Houston, director of Key Store Express Central Stores in Middleham. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, we're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final, Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon. Uh, and perhaps I should uh, start and get it over and done with. I know you must be bored with it and uh, you've probably been asked a thousand times. But when you got out for a duck playing for Essex, uh, Jeff, what was going through your head at the time? <laughs> well, of course, that's not one of the most asked questions I get. Oh, there, there are one or two people who are very familiar um, uh, who do Google me realise that I did uh, score nothing for Essex. Uh, for my only game for Essex first team when we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, uh, Egbert in, in, uh, in Liverpool, many, many years ago, 1962, I think that was. So I didn't, and, um, yes, I, I didn't really feel it at the time. It was lucky to be <laughs> playing, I guess, with one or two injuries. Um, but the problem that I had was, was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time, mm. being stuck between the two sports. And I think uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's a there's a, another world that might exist where um, Sir Jeff Hurst was a, a first class cricketer and not perhaps a, a footballer. But um, whether it's business or cricket or or football, obviously the importance of leadership it can't be understated, no matter what form that comes in. When you were at West Ham, uh, Jeff, and when um, Ron Greenwood first uh, uh, came along, he made obviously some pretty radical changes. Was this a man that genuinely inspired confidence uh, the first time you'd meet him? Absolutely. I mean, he, he was simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at the football. And uh, the, the quite always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who was played under him and has been very successful as a player and, and the manager over many, many, many years. He and He's come across many coaches, of course, and managers during his time over years, I guess he would still say that Ron Greenwood is the best coach he had worked with, he'd worked with. So you're very fortunate. I think you, you think you're lucky when you come across if you have a great teacher at school and a great coach as we had in Ron Greenwood and, of course, a great manager in South Ramsey. So to come across people like that of that calibre can have a huge influence on your your career, of course, and, and then your life. And that's, that's quite purely the case. Absolutely. And in those early days um, at West Ham, uh, with, with a manager like, like uh, Ron uh, there, it's also important to have uh, uh, confidence with your other players. And of course, they become your friends. Who did you look at to at the time uh, when to inspire confidence in yourself? Was it more? Was it Peter's? I think probably, well, I was very fortunate to play with the calibre of the players I did. Again, again, extremely fortunate to play with you know, the captain um, of England and West Ham and Martin Peters, who was a fantastic player. And some, as far as Martin's concerned, I think sometimes he didn't quite get the uh, recognition he deserved. What a wonderful player he was. 
In terms of inspiring confidence, I always probably say that the biggest influence uh, for me, I guess, would be the captain, Bob Noor. Although he was only uh, about eight months older than me, he graduated through the system probably three or four years earlier and played for England in 62, four years before the final when I played. And so he, he was more looked upon him more as a senior player, if you like, not as a, a guy with the same age group as me. And I looked at how he how he uh, trained, how he acted, how he behaved, and how he played. And so he, he would say, I would also say he was a big influence on me. One thing I would say about leadership, uh, what I do, I do understand clearly in all walks of life, leadership is at the top, is absolutely vital for a, a, for a business, a football team, in any walk of life to be successful. And it's quite evident I was in the motor trade for a long time as well, selling car warranties to car dealerships. And you could almost tell when you walked into the business, uh, in a, many of the car dealerships, you could almost tell from the moment you walked in by initial reaction people came and welcomed you that the business was well run or conversely not well run at all. And so I understand the, the, the value and quality of leadership. And that's why I'm very fortunate to be involved with my career in those early days with two two great leaders in, in Ron Greenwood and, and Alf Ramsey. Absolutely. And um, since you've already uh, brought him up, uh, Jeff, I think it'd be remiss not to go a little bit further with that. But obviously, uh, after uh, at West Ham, your uh, plan came to the attention of uh, South Ramsey. Now, there's a man, I'm sure, when you walked into a room, you knew who was um, in charge when it came to managing that England team what was his style like Jeff well one thing the first thing I say about Alf Ramsey he's probably over my life the most powerful influence who had on me um, as a person um, mm. naturally it happens to an extent because he's got your whole career in his hand whether he picks you for England or he doesn't pick you it can have a great impact on your <laughs> your career and of course your life but yep. in that era I was involved for six or seven years he it was quite clear who was the boss he was quite very very strict probably at a time maybe overly strict but at a time you probably wouldn't get necessarily get away with it in, in today's football because it's changed dramatically in how you deal with with players then and players now but he was the most powerful man I came across and very few people and he, he was quite ruthless in getting people out who didn't want to be who didn't want to be part of a group, part of a team. It is important that if you've got a group of people, and that's in any walk of life, they're all singing off the same hymn for you, and you don't have anybody that's griping or moaning about the system. And if you've got people like that in the organisation, one thing I have learned, and I've taken it on in my life, my family, you've got somebody in a group that doesn't want to be part of it, you you get them out. And Alf, I think, was was quite ruthless with that in his, in his staff. And I think that's one, thing I, one of the most serious ones I think I've learnt over a long period of time. And is there, do you think, uh, a, a specific moment, I'm sure there's probably dozens, but is there a specific moment, if you could uh, perhaps pick right now, that did show those uh, qualities in uh, Sir Alf so uh, sharply? Yes, I think for, for me, certainly... Um, I think there are instances of players who you thought would, would be in the team or certainly in the squad and surprising there were not. There was no necessary reason for it. But looking mm. back, I do think perhaps they were people that Alf didn't think wanted to be part of a group. Um, so that, that's that's for me. 
in terms of my personal view, I think that it looked prior to the um, World Cup that I was going to be playing um, in it, only a few games before. I was I was playing, and I played with Jimmy Greaves in the game against Yugoslavia only a couple of months before the final. And it looked at that stage as if I was going to be, be playing in, in the team. But in a couple of friendly games, more friendly games, before the final in Poland and uh, Norway, I think, in Denmark, mm. I didn't. I played two of the four games. And I probably didn't quite replicate my, my form that I'd been showing at West Ham and in the early couple of games for England. And he, he left me out in the first game of, of the World Cup against uh, Uruguay. He started off with Jimmy Green and Roger Allen. So I, I had an impact of thinking I, at that stage I like I was going to play and didn't start because of just a lack of form. I didn't play quite well enough to justify my position. And somewhat fortuitously, I only got back in the team because of a, a nasty gash to shin um, on Jimmy Green's leg. And I think what you've said there, uh, Jeff, actually does sum that up really well and more than that whilst it's important to have that someone in charge with those qualities it's almost useless if there isn't a strong and unified team behind them and there really must have been moments maybe there weren't but uh, let us know in that 66 competition the prolonged pressure on all of you you know the weight of a nation did it get to you? Oh not for me personally no I I think and I don't not for me, not for a second. I think mm. I was just happy to be, you know, be involved in the squad initially. Uh, not at all. I didn't. You're not aware of the magnitude of the occasion, really. Looking back out, mm. so I never really felt. People talk about pressure a lot, and it's there. And people, players talk about. People talk about it in life. I didn't really feel necessary to feel any great pressure pressure during the time I was there. And what is also important to say about Alf Ramsey, the people he, he left behind that were left in the squad after he'd moved one or two players out the squad were uh, a, a bunch of very hard-nosed professional uh, top quality people and that was again the leadership that I'll show you he got people in together that were very very strong personally um, uh, and I think that was part of the success we had we were very I always describe our, our group as hard-nosed professionals um, we had some great players, but overall, they were great, hard-nosed professional players um, and great quality people who we've kept in contact with, you know, over the years. And Jeff, I've got to ask, and I'm, I'm not making this up, I've genuinely heard that people do ask you whether or not you realised there were people on the pitch at that moment. I imagine you were busy on something else. Well, I, I did some theatre shows last year they've gone fairly well and we're going to do a series of uh, theatre shows in fact starting this week over the next uh, two or three months and uh, at the end of the theatre shows we have about 20 minutes where we uh, uh, allow the people in the audience to ask questions and the, the, there's I won't mention both they're too long to talk about both questions um, one the other one's a really stupid one it's too long for me to tell you it's absolutely ridiculous <laughs> but the, the, the other ridiculous question I get asked did I realise there were people on the pitch? And of course, I jokingly say, yes, I was just about to, to shoot to score the goal. And I looked round, put my foot on the ball and looked round for a little while and said, oh dear, there are six or seven people running on the pitch. 
So that's, uh, I've had been asked that once at one of the theatre shows. <laughs> so I joke, make a joke about that and saying, yes, I put my foot in the ball and waited, but just had, look, had a glance around, you know. Maybe it does prove there are things that, such as stupid questions, really. Um, oh, yeah, there, are, there certainly are. I've got another one, which I won't bore you in two. It won't be too long to tell you. Uh, I was in a Jersey, or Channel Lines, Jersey or Jersey, two or three mm. years ago, and most stupid, irrelevant questions, absolutely nothing to do with football whatsoever, which uh, was absolutely... But I can use that now because it, it is quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe another time then. But we... Um, uh, well, you want me, I, I can think, tell you if you want. You want. You got time. I can tell, I tell you if you want. Jeff, go on. Go. On. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay. So I was uh, doing a, a, at a dinner in the you know, Channel Lines, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, uh, guest of honor. Mm-hmm. And this occasion, I was speaking for about twenty minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening, and there was usual football questions. And then all of a sudden, I heard of somebody at the back who who asked a question. I didn't quite hear what he said. He didn't have the microphone with him. So I said, I didn't hear what he said. Can you please give mm. this chap the microphone so I can hear clearly what he said? So the chap had the mic and he said, when a turtle loses its shell, is it naked or is it homeless? Right. <laughs> what, what a question. What a question. Uh, well, I think that would be in, definitely in the stupid category, wouldn't it? So we had a laugh about that. Is- uh, well, uh, and we, that you've got to have a patient of a saint, I think, sometimes to put up with <laughs> well, things no, like that. But then again, I found it amusing. I just found it amusing. In fact, some of the audience found it highly amusing as well. So it, it, uh, um, it did but make then again, laugh, if you laugh If you can put up with my questions, you can probably put up with uh, anything. <laughs> um, but there, there would have become a point, though, um, Jeff, I think um, you, you were a young man when see this happened when you must have realized that people teammates began looking at you for leadership um is that something that occurred to you or did you just realize that by by quick one way or the other people actually begin to look up for you for inspiration well possibly that's never really struck me until you've actually mentioned it now quite frankly that's a new a new question mm. does anybody look up to me I'm sure perhaps uh, there are there are people who pay you compliments of the fans of, of West Ham and uh, of Stoke and of course in, uh, England fans who um, I, I think probably uh, it would be very immodest of me to to suggest I, I felt that somebody was looking to me for inspiration. Um, you, but, you don't but, have to, but I will. Well, um, it's, it's okay for a third party to do it, perhaps. Um, perhaps that may have been the case over the years. Uh, people look at you and um, uh, maybe uh, it has a uh, helpful effect. Uh, but I do think you, you, how you behave and set examples on and off the pitches, people must realise that that's, that has an influence, how you react and behave mm. to, to situations on and off the field surely probably has an impact to younger players coming in into the team latterly. Um, yeah. And and with that, looking at um, uh, football today, uh, is there anybody that you think particularly on the field or the sidelines that strikes you as someone with um, those qualities that you could identify in a, in a natural leader? Um. Well, a player, current player, as you mean? 
Oh, players, managers, anybody that uh, you look to today, really? Well, I think some of the outstanding, I think the, the, the best example about a, a leader and at the moment is, is, is uh, Klopp at Liverpool. Mm. He has been absolutely fantastic to uh, acquire the players and get them to their attitude is absolutely fantastic. They're great players, but there's more than just being good players in football. It's that a good player with a fantastic attitude and their willingness to work for each other and the team is absolutely outstanding. Hence these unbelievable results. There are, you know, and the great players not always succeed as, as individuals or probably even uh, certainly as a team if you haven't got the right attitude alongside it. And they're probably, and that, that comes through the leadership. That's not just luck. Absolutely. That's, that's absolutely leadership. He'd be the best example, of course, in, in football terms today. Uh, easily, easily. And of course, but going back not that long ago, Alex Ferguson, who's just absolutely, mm. you've got to take him as the first example, but Klopp's only done this over a period of time, a short period of time. But if you look at the 25, 26, 27 years that Alex Ferguson did with Manchester United, and subsequently since he's gone, how they they are not doing so well. He's the best example of management I've seen. We've seen, we've probably ever seen, and I don't think anybody will see the light of that kind of leadership again. It's ast- absolutely astonishing, astonishing. And do you think? Could you imagine uh, Sir Alf or even Ron Greenwood managing teams today? Yes, I think so. I think yes, no, mm. no question at all. I think they, uh, Ron Greenwood, yeah. The answer, straightforward answer, is yes. Um, they, <laughs> the straightforward answer is yes. I can elaborate as much as you want, but the straight answer is absolutely categorically yes. Uh, and with um, and I know uh, if we could talk about this probably for the next hour or so, but um, I'm conscious of the um, time. Um, looking um, back uh, through your um, playing career, perhaps especially um, your time uh, for England. Who was it uh, that struck you more than anyone else on the pitch uh, that displayed qualities of not just leadership but uh, companionship and and level headedness that you think that have stuck with you all these years later? Well, I think we were very fortunate, and I wouldn't take any one player out. I think looking at so that, many. yeah, so many, and that's why we we're successful because we had so many. Um, showing all those qualities that you just mentioned uh, throughout the team, I think that that was outstanding, and uh, uh, and it's an opportunity to talk about uh, all of them in, in that breath. And there was nobody. And going back from an earlier earlier question for me, that um, all hard nosed professionals, good good teammates, mm. good socially, and that's why we kept in touch with each other on our golf days. Every year, uh, up until about five years ago, of course, with, with the uh, sadly dwindling yes. numbers, we we still got on. Our wives got on with, all together. All those years later, it didn't just finish after '66. That reunion, that camaraderie, that team spirit, mm. the, um, uh, getting on with each other, lasted for, for a long, long, long time. And I wouldn't and- when it, when you put those those questions and how you categorise those. I would pick every one of the 11 players um, who you put in that category 
that were like that. There was nobody else. They were all outstanding. And I think that was a big part. I can't stress how big a part that was. And I've said that many, many times for the success of the team. We have some great players. We have some great players, of course. But without the attitude alongside that, going back to an earlier question, you we wouldn't have been as uh, ultimately ultimately as successful. Exactly. Without that, you, the 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 whole will never be greater than the sum of its parts. But with it, yes, the word the word is team. The word is the word is team. Absolutely. And I always use the word team when I talk. Sometimes, you know, together, everyone achieves more, and that that's the same in any walk of life. That, that's fundamental. And uh, lastly. Uh, Jeff, looking, if, if you were to uh, give advice, and whether this is in sport or business or indeed any other walk of life, what would you identify, if you can, as the key tenant uh, that you can't go without in terms of leading a team, no matter what that team is? Single-mindedness, uh, single-mindedness dedication, dedication to the job, um, thinking about that, that, that role, that job in leadership, all the time it's a huge part of your life but it, you, I don't think you can switch off when you're in, in business at the top level or sport at the top level you may you know have a, way, have a couple of weeks holiday but I'm even sure if, if these top managers and lead, leaders in all walks of life are away on holiday on a beach somewhere warm I'm sure there's not uh, there's, they will not switch off for, for two weeks um, and completely uh, not think about their role as the boss of an organisation, and I think that's you're completely focused. You're always thinking about uh, things, thinking about improvements, and it's just dedication and uh, uh, tuning your life to being successful. Excellent. Well, Jeff, on that point, thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome. Very good to nice to have a talk about this and just go over this, go over the past and just uh, refresh my mem- my own memory about the quality of the players I grew up with. Excellent. Uh, another time, uh, it would be great to talk again. Thank, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. This has been the Leaders' Council podcast. Thank you for celebrating excellence and leadership with us. I have been your host, Matthew O'Neill. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. The views expressed within the podcast do not reflect the views of the Leaders' Council of Great Britain and Northern Ireland its parent company, or subsidiaries, members of staff, other guests, or any other person therein associated.